Welcome back, welcome back to another edition of the Are We Not Men Show, a show for men, by men, it's promoting thoroughness, condemning drippiness. And we got a show for you. I got my main man P with me this weekend, and we got a special guest this weekend. I want to uh, welcome my man Steve to the show. Everybody, welcome Steve to the show. What up, Steve? Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on to the show, Steve, man. Um, today's topic, man, is kind of a serious topic. Uh, is is pretty much sweeping the nation. It's pretty much going on just about everywhere. Any major city you go to, this is pretty much taking place, man. And we want to talk about gentrification. Uh, and for those who don't know what gentrification is, it's pretty much where people with resources come into an area that lack resources and pretty much rebuild that area and displace the people without resources. Um, like I said, if you saw in the beginning, I just had a slide and just it showed like what the pros and cons of gentrification is. Now, one of the, the pros is that, yes, you have an influx of resources coming into a, 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 a area that didn't have much going on for it. Uh, which that creates a, a lot of job opportunity, a lot of growth, uh, raises the, the property values, the tax base, and everything as such. Uh, you also get a lot of more resources just thrown into that area. But the other, the flip side of it is that, you know, what nobody really understands is that when you have this type of uh, situation that goes on, you lose a lot of the people that, that are Basically, the, the existing residents are displaced because of such things. Like, yes, it creates job growth and, and job opportunity, but it's not really for the people that was already living there. And, and a lot of times, the resources aren't really, I guess, I mean, even though they provided, they're not provided for the people that the existing residents of that area. So today, man, um, when I talk, when, and I already talked to you about it, Steve, like, when you think about what does gentrification mean and how does it really, how do you see it as it is today? Uh, they come in, they, you acquire it, you flip it, you 
officially determined right to use, you know, flip in real estate. And then you sell it for a profit. And, and consequently, the unfortunate part about it, guys, is that the honest to God truth is that it's quite difficult to stop. And here's why. Just think about this for a moment. Let's just say that you actually own a house on 123 Main Street that was near downtown, wherever, uh, around the nation. And 123 Main Street used to not be a very hot location. It used to be a very, quote unquote, problematic area or challenged area, um, high risk area, usually the terms that are used. But then suddenly it became uh, a location where everybody now wants to be. Well, you're an owner of it. Right. And you've been renting it out, maybe Section 8, to, you know, a number of residents for a period of time. And and it's caused you a lot of headache because you've got to maintain the property. You've got to abide by the Section 8 policies, which, which aren't really easy to abide by. Um, uh, and, and it's really not much money in it for you. And so then uh, you are approached by someone who is willing to take it off your hands. And they're willing to take it off your hands for a price that is higher than market value in some cases. Let's just say that, you know, it's worth, uh, you know, $100,000. They're like, hey, you know, we'll give you $150,000 for it. How many people are not going to take that deal? And so it's not so much the residents, you know, who are simply just getting pushed out because of the fact that, you know, they've lived there for a long time and if someone else's resources are coming, you, you got to also consider the third party, which is the actual owner of that property. Right. And the fact that these people are cashing out, and they could be cashing out for a number of reasons. It could be because they, you know, they're, they're retiring, they got health issues. I mean, there could be so many other reasons. Or it could just be the fact that, hey, they just want the money. And let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. Uh, what makes it, I mean, what you're saying, what makes that that area becomes attracted to a person with resources, though? Is it just the fact that it's the property value or, I mean, how does it begin? I mean, because you, you all, like I said, it's going on everywhere, but how does it really begin? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, yeah. like I was looking at something last night about... Uh, Compton becoming a hot spot for gentrification, you know, and everybody know Compton's uh, historically black. You got a lot of cities out here that have historically black areas in it that are like hotbeds for gentrification. Like, how does that begin? Well, it starts. It starts when uh, uh, the market changes, and and it's a herd mentality. The market, the real estate market, is no different than a stock market. Or, you know, let's let's take what's the most common, the hot thing right now. Everybody's interested in, in, in Bitcoin right now, right? Right. Um, you know, you, you go on the news, everybody's saying Bitcoin this, Bitcoin that. It's, you know, it's going up to $16,000 or wherever it might be. Well, it's the same type of thing in real estate. It's a particular location becomes hot. Because everyone, and in this particular case, as it pertains to real estate, people like the idea now of being closer to work, 
many of the jobs, bigger jobs, tend to be located in the uh, urban markets nowadays. Right. Um, uh, people don't want to drive. People are very much, um, you know, earth conscious, green conscious. You know, you know, reducing carbon emissions and all of those sorts of things. So people are getting used for, or not getting used, but interested in a lifestyle of not having to drive places or drive far you know, biking to work, you know, being able to easily access, um, uh, you know, parks and trails and that sort of thing, and maybe to go out to dinner with their, you know, with their spouse uh, at night. And so that's all interesting. And so as a result, where do you find most of those locations? Where you find them in the urban markets. Right. They're not in the suburbs. True. Because in the suburbs, you got to drive. Uh, usually a pretty decent way to get to the grocery store. You got to drive to get to the city, and so to answer your question, uh, that's the reason why. Okay. Now let me. Hey, hey, when, hey, and Pete, you, 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 we both from the same place. I mean, I know you witnessing it going. I mean, you witnessing it. It happened right before your eyes. The last time I came back home, I was like, damn, this, it don't even look the same. Ride, ride down Benham Road, you know? Yeah, hey, for real, brother. <laughs> I'm talking about you know they DMV, You know you got DMV on Benham Road? They do. <laughs> I mean, I was like, man, this place don't look, I seen, a, I seen, man, you know what, and, and you seeing this stuff go, go on right before you, I think one day I was outside, I seen a, and, and not to sound, I know I'm going to sound ignorant by saying this, but I seen like this Caucasian lady push her a baby stroller through a group of crackheads. And for some reason, I was kind of disturbed by that. I mean, I know I'm not, because I was just like, I just felt like she shouldn't be that fearless to walk through a crowd of crackheads like that. And I was just like, what? What's going on with the world? How I wouldn't even walk through a crowd of crackheads, and she she they're just take, did it. They're gonna take the city back. It, it they took a. It's not a game, brother. But like I said, like you you saying it going right right before your eyes, man. And, and what are your thoughts on it when you when you see it, when you seeing it play out like this? You know, my thoughts are easy and simple. They started talking about it twenty years ago. It just happened a lot slower than they said it was going to happen. Uh, you expected it to have happened already, but now we're seeing what they told us 20 years ago. When, when you and I, when you, you, we, we've been graduated from high school for almost 20 years. Right. Um, when we were in school is when they were telling us about the gentrification. Now it's 20 years later, and you can definitely see it. I just told you right down Bennett Road, they got a, a DMV across from the Benco on Benton Road and East Capitol Street. Right. Uh, the shrimp boat is about to be something else. They got some high rises behind the shrimp boat. I don't know what they're about to put right there. It's, you know, it's going on from there now. Hey, they got a trolley on 8th Street. Who's riding a trolley? You know what I'm saying? It's, they put that baseball, when they put that baseball team in town, it was a sign of things to come. Right. Because this is a predominantly African-American city and it's been for most of the time. And how many people, you know, like baseball? Uh, I'm not saying we can't. I'm not saying that we don't. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But the fact that they put that here, that you know it was coming. Because right. they had to be about to appeal to the people who like baseball. You know, the other day I was riding on my very own street, going up across. Uh, it was before I got to um, 
the train station that's on Central Avenue and Southern Avenue. I guess that's uh, Capitol Heights Station. Before I could get to Capitol Heights, I was coming back, and there was a white lady on the corner, and it looked like she was waving. Right. So I pulled over to the side, and I walked back up to see what was going on, and she said she wasn't beckoning for help. She was waving the traffic away from the situation because there, an accident had happened. There was glass in the street. She didn't want the people driving through the glass. Right. But with them, to make a long story short, it was a white lady that was living in that house right there that's less than half a mile from my house. You know, we, we, we didn't go to school with any white people. Exactly. There were no white people that went to Woodson. Exactly. Uh, the only white people we know is Philip. Philip was his yeah, name from Phillip. our school. Yeah. No white people went to school with us. I didn't meet white people until I went to college. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel so you. it's just letting you know here, yeah, there's a white person living a block of uh, um, half a mile up the street. Right. And right. It's, 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 it's cool, I guess. I don't know. I'm not selling my house until they give me a million dollars. When they come with a million dollars, they can have a motherfucker because I've never been one to be taught to be attached to property. Exactly. Especially this is D.C. You don't own the property. All you own is the home. You don't own the land. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they're getting you in one way or another. It's federal land. They can take it back anytime they want to. When yeah. they come with their million dollars, be I'm going to get the hell on out of here. I hear you, that, man. I'm sit tight and let so, them gentrify all around me. They can be white people all around me. I'm just sitting right here on the south side. Hey, hold out, my brother. Hold out for that check, south man. Side. Hold out <laughs> for that check. But man, the, the you know the title of the show was gentrification versus revitalization, and and really, they basically the same things. Just depends on what what what, what team you on. You know, if you if you had lack resources, it's gentrification. If you have resources, it's revitalization. You know, um, when you and, and I want to address this question, to you Steve, like because um, you you went like I said, we seeing it going just about everywhere. Um, and a lot of times, you know, is 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 the black and brown people that come up on the short end of it. Uh, is it any way that I mean, it's going to happen anyway? But is there any way that is it possible for black and brown people to gentrify location, or is it something that can only occur to our, to us? Uh, I think I think that you know it's 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 you are a, it's, it's definitely a possibility for uh, minorities to be able to take on neighborhoods and, and and acquire real estate and begin, you know, uh, you know, calling it their own. I mean, many other minorities have done the same thing. There used to be a time in America when uh, you know it was it was essentially broken up into specific ethnic groups, you know, ethnicity. So, you know, if you were Italian, you had, you know, Little Italy. Um, if you, you know, if you were Chinese, you had Little China. You had, you had all these different locations where essentially you go to those particular spots in those cities. As, as an example, New York City, they still exist today. Um, it would be predominantly one particular uh, ethnic group. Uh, the same is true uh, even still today. I mean, private property rights still exist. And so it's a matter of how many people uh, can, can, can come together with resources. And there's a couple of ways that you can do that. Either one, if you are wealthy enough yourself, or even, even not even just wealthy, but you just got a decent job. 
right? Right. And 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 you decide that, hey, you know, you know, we want to live, uh, we want to live closer to downtown Rock. Uh, well, you can do that. You can do that. You and your wife can decide to sell your house, uh, where you currently live, and 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 take that money and and use that as the down payment for another house that's closer into the city. Uh, but I, I think a lot of, and, and I'll speak specifically towards black folks because I don't, I don't think the Hispanic population is too much the same, but I know that a number of black folks at one particular time uh, wanted to get away from other black people. Right. <laughs> True. And so, you know, there used to be a time when black folks would say, I don't want to live around other black folks. But and, and, and it was simply because, obviously, of all of the crap that was going on in the neighborhoods. And so clearly, there need, need and, and has always needed to be some kind of change because you can't just have a number of poor people in one location. Right. I mean, then you're talking about a situation where it's probably going to look very similar to Iraq, right? right? Where people start stealing and taking from each other, killing each other, whatever that looks like. But if you are a person who, you know, you're fairly financially stable, and and you're like, look, look, you know, let's let's move in, let's let's be a part of the solution, let's be a part of the community. Now you're one family that has done Now somebody else decides that they want to do that. Then it's the same thing. And so it it becomes it's really a shift in mindset, uh, Barry, to where more people start to believe that hey, you know, we want to take over this community and make it our own. And yes, of course, um, you know, if you're wealthy enough where you can buy a block, you know, like Rick Ross is talking about these days, right. you can do it. You can do it. You can totally do it. Well, let me uh, ask you like, this, though. Uh, on a, on a, like you just said, like when you look at a, a lot of uh, other ethnicities, you have little Italy, little China. How come it's never been like a little Africa? Or, or it, do you think that is something that we could really bring to fruition where, like, if we if we came up with the concept of like a little Africa, is that something that could drive, like a th- that could drive like a growth of area for African Americans? A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's again. I mean, private property rights still exist. You can you can go into any neighborhood if you got the money, if you got the credit, and buy property, buy real estate. Doesn't matter who you are in America. If you have the credit and you got the cash flow, you can do it. But see, that's the so problem. A lot of times we don't we, we don't have that. So how we as a I mean yes we we've seen a lot of growth as a people, but we still got a lot of people that 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 that, ha- that don't have that. You still got a lot of people that don't have bank accounts. You know what I'm saying? So how what I mean is it realistic? that we can actually do this. You know what I'm saying? That's really the question that I want to ask. Yes, I think I think it's I, I definitely think it's realistic as long as everyone clearly understands that, that this isn't a short term that it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Uh, that it's something that will take possibly a generation to do. Because I mean if you think about it, as you've already alluded to, you're talking about a group who has been economically depressed for hundreds of years, right? right? right. And, and now we're talking about a situation where, yes, there are a few 
people who have started to uh, see some upward mobility, but that's only a few. And, and obviously there's so many more who need, who need the help, you know, you know, getting up uh, to the next level. And, and so it is 100% uh, something that's a long-term project. When I say a long-term project, we're talking about 20, 30 years right. uh, worth of work and time that needs to take place uh, where, you know, people can uh, learn skills, build businesses, you know, whatever that looks like for those specific, you know, individuals and begin to invest their money into a specific community in order to make it their own. And so, yeah, I mean, it could happen. See, it could, it could certainly happen. It's just going to take time. And let me add Actually, this. Yeah. Let me add this. Uh, when you look at a lot of our communities, like I always had this, this idea that uh, I think one of the number one problems with our communities is that we develop them. I mean, not, maybe we may not develop them, but how they develop is the uh, number one reason why we're so, we're always the victim of gentrification because we don't have a lot of office buildings or office space in black African-American communities. Whereas, you know, we just mainly have residential. So we don't actually work or we don't actually own businesses or there's no business inside of our uh, communities. You know what I'm saying? Versus you, you might have like a grocery store or a barbershop, but that's pretty much it. Whereas you go to, you know, well-to-do, uh, more established neighborhoods and, and they have office buildings and, and you know, I was. I want to know if we were like now. You have the um, like where you have podium uh, construction, and basically that's just like okay. You have one. Uh, you you have a ground floor that has shops at the bottom, and then you have like residential uh, apartments above. Is that a type of construction that could be useful to helping us like create our own communities? And, and stave off the gentrification? Um, hard question to answer, and here's why. Uh, one, I think, I think that most businesses are going to find, are going to follow the money first. Right. They're going to follow, they're going to find, they're going to follow the locations, the areas. Um, they want to be where their business has an opportunity to fly, period. And that makes that makes perfect sense. And so, uh, if we're talking about a neighborhood that is in that where most of the people who live there don't have the economic means to support the businesses, then you really can't expect too many businesses to be there unless they are, you know, businesses that can be ran at, you know, very low cost. Right. Um, or, or as, a, as you mentioned, grocery store chain that has, you know, everybody needs groceries, right. and, and, and you talk about, you know, an entity that has millions of dollars behind it uh, to support it, so, you know, so I think that becomes the difficulty, so I, it, it, it kind of goes back to the fact that it's one reason why it's going to take so long to accomplish, because I think the first thing that has to happen personally is First, there just needs to be people who have, who, who just have a stable income, 
living in those communities. And so if you get you get um, uh, one family who who buys on you know on Ninth Street. I'm making up you know streets by the way, but Ninth Street, right? right. That, that's near downtown. It's, it used to be, or it is, the hood, uh, whatever you want to call it. But it's a it's a high area where gentrification is is occurring or could occur. But if you get one family who is stable, who decides to move there, uh, you know, who are African Americans, Hispanics, and and then you know they tell their family, they tell their friends, whatever. Then those people decide to buy around the corner. And then those people decide to buy around the corner. Now you're starting to, uh, you know, get, you're starting to put the neighborhood in a situation where you're starting to get people who actually got a little bit of money who can support uh, some of these local businesses that, that need their money, period. And so when that happens, then you can talk about, you know, more businesses and bigger businesses starting to move into those locations because otherwise they just won't do it. And then, but, they do. They're always going to first think about, okay, where can we grow? Where can we support our bottom line? All right, but but let me add you this though. Like now, and, and P, you could jump in on this if if you want to. Uh, when you see like Hispanics come, like you see them, they buy into a shopping center. And now you look five years later, the whole shopping center is Hispanics. I mean, Hispanic businesses. Whereas you don't see that with, with African Americans, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we predominantly own barbershops. Um, we, we really not in the, in the in the corner store business. We really just hair, we don't own the hair supply chain. We just really just do hair, and that's pretty much what they've they've allowed us to 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 have as businesses. But when you look at the Hispanics, I mean they kind of came in. And yeah, they worked and they kept working. And now they own a, a strip mall. You know what I'm saying? Which, how can we get to that level? What I mean, what say you, P? Because when you look at it, it's just like, what are we doing wrong that that they are doing right? You understand? <laughs> it's like asking the same question we've always asked: uh, How can you have black unity? You know, you wanna you wanna answer the question that you just asked me. You got to first answer the question, how can we have black unity? The problem, how can we get a conglomerate? How can we have power blocks if we don't have unity? We're too busy doing what we've always done. It goes back to the Willie Lynch syndrome created, you know, however many years ago where they had this 500-year plan to, to make the black man stay down. Um we still haven't overcome Willie Lynch. We're, we're still not the community that the Hispanics are. We're not the community that a lot of Caucasians are. We're not the community that the Chinese or the Asian population are. We're not the community that the lesbian, gay, and bisexuals are. That's um, true. Until we get unity, we'll never be able to do anything because divided will fall every single time. We don't have enough money individually to do anything. And the powers that be amongst our community that do have the money, I mean, how many times you heard Jay-Z come to Southeast and say, well, who has an idea? Let's put it to work. You know, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I'm not going to sit here and say the man hasn't done anything because I don't know. But I know he hasn't come over here. He hasn't asked me about it. Right. You know, you got to have the money. The money is the power. We don't have the money. 
if we don't get together and put the money together as a team, you can't answer that question that you just asked. True that, true that. But back back to what you were saying, like in order to get in order for I mean, because say if we all start maybe we don't all have good jobs, but we have jobs, you understand? And like you were saying, we put the unity in it and we all give a little bit here and there and we kinda build up a block rather than, you know, one person comes with a lot of resources and the rest of us just sorta like a trickle down effect, you know what I'm saying? Like, it comes back to a a mindset with us and I don't know what is, like you said, it's gonna take a, a, a generation or two for us to even to even get to that point where we're ready to to address this thing because when you look at it now gentrification is going to happen and a lot of times it's probably going to happen to us because for some reason wherever we go we lower the property value so i guess you just follow you just wait enough you wait long enough and i guess you can cash in like you said it's like the stock market so I mean, hopefully in the near future, us as a people, we can uh, we can just I don't know, man. We can just pull it together and uh, figure out something. Cause do you think it's a lack of, of, of leadership in our community, or, or what? What What do you think, Steve? Uh, well, yeah. So uh, I think one. I think I think it's I think it's smart. Uh, for us to uh, uh, definitely take it one step at a time. I I think the questions you're asking are really big questions. Right. And and and, and that those are the types of issues that that simply cannot be achieved uh, quickly. And 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 it, and it also requires so many other different variables to be connected and in tune with one another, as Pete already mentioned, the idea of unity, et cetera. Uh, uh, but, the, but, the, but how do you get there, of course, is, well, first, let's just start with the individual family. And, and the individual family, if they are struggling to make ends meet, if they are suffering because of bad credit, if they're in a position where, you know, they just don't know what it's going to look like next week, you know, uh, they, they just don't know, then let's start there. And, and that situation is, okay, um, uh, what needs to happen with this specific situation for this particular thing? Now, obviously, you can't help everybody, but the point is, is that if everyone is doing a real and true assessment of themselves and saying, okay, uh, you know what? You know what can I do to bring more income into this household? Now I get it. Sometimes you're you're talking about some really difficult situations where uh, where someone might be an ex-con, or uh, uh, or you're talking about a single mother who's trying to feed her kids and and she only has so much time in a the day. There's so many different scenarios, but we can do the best that we can. And, and we're just saying that, okay, if first this particular family and this family and this family and this family can start to figure out how can we just start to make, make some money for our family on a consistent basis 
enough where we can save. Make enough where we can start to pay down some debt. Maybe start making some really difficult choices as it pertains to, you know, some of the purchases we make. You know, do we really need those pairs of shoes? Do we really need to buy that much for Christmas? Do we need to do all of this type of stuff? Um, uh, you know, if we start there, then obviously that's a start. That's right. a start. Because it's going to require, as you said, not just one person or a couple of people who have massive resources to come and just drop money on a particular location or location. It's going to require everybody to start to kind of get in line. And so I think that if we can, at the very least, start with the families beginning to be empowered and and understanding how to first just do a budget, just do a financial budget, nothing big, nothing major, then that's a step. That's a big step towards progress. Right. And then over time what happened is, okay, we can start talking about, all right, we know that Joe got... Um, you know, a business going on. We got, we know that the Smiths, they're, they're, they're doing okay, at least from what they told us. You know, maybe we can start talking with them about the possibility of us going in as an investor group and, and buying up, you know, these three uh, properties, you know, whether they be residential or commercial. And we all have an ownership interest in them, right? I mean, that is something that can work, but you got to get there first. And, exactly. and, and by the way, though, I mean, it's not to say that there aren't people who can do that now. Right, there right, are. right. There are people who can do that now. And in fact, there are people who don't even know that they can do it now who can do it now. Right. You don't have to be like the biggest owner within a group. Right. You could, you could be, you could have like a super minority share of like less than 5% and still see... Some type of income come into the household. Let's say if you got, if you bought, you know, three, um, three, uh, three build, three, uh, three spaces within the strip mall. Um, that's great. That's fantastic. And so you may not be the biggest owner out of the group, but you're getting something and you're doing your part. Right. So I think that is that is already doable. But as from a long term perspective, I think if we can get more people to be in line uh, with that type of idea. Then, uh, then we got a real chance. Hey, man. Well, I appreciate you for being on the show, man. I thank you. Uh, once again, man, you got any pardon words, P, before we go? No pardon words. You good. But, man, like <laughs> I, I said, man, basically. got to get our shit together. We do, that? man. We do. And, and basically, what if you didn't really learn anything from this show is that, man, gentrification will continue to occur until we revitalize our minds and, and the way we see one another. Revitalization starts mentally. Uh, there will be no growth until we revitalize that first. We will continue to see uh, our communities taken away from us until we, like you hear this statement, everybody's talking about uh, stay woke and all this. I mean, we woke and we woke. Uh, yeah, you got a bunch of people that's awake, but we ain't got nobody really leading us anywhere or we just we just woke though you know so what we have to do is first revitalize our minds and once we do that i think then we'll really see true progress so man thank y'all for being on the show man appreciate you steve man always a pleasure always a pleasure with you p good talking to you steve you too
Alright, so to the next time we see y'all, man, like we say every weekend, man, don't be stupid. Uh, stay woke, but first revitalize your mind first. Let's, let's work on that first, and then let's put this money together and really create the change that our community needs. Alright, so until the next time we see y'all, man, y'all be good. Don't be stupid. And let's 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 work these things. Get unified, you know. So man, I'ma holler at you, Pete. Good scene. Till the next time I see you, brother. Hey, for all y'all that wanna check out this episode and other episodes, go to AreWeNotMenTalk.com. AreWeNotMenTalk.com.